name is John Honecker. This is CapChat Season 2. This is Episode 3, and I am talking all things education with the three most important people about education, and we need to know why you guys are so important, so go ahead and introduce yourselves. <laughs> I'll start. My name is Nicole Walsh. Um, I'm a second-year student at Capitol. Um, I'm studying adolescent, young adult, integrated language arts education, and creative writing. That is is a big name tag it's um, yeah it is <laughs> wow i know Not it's annoying on, when you have to like give a fun fact in class with your major no it's interesting yeah. it sounds like parties, a lot you know like you would be you know it's like oh introduce yourself because it's very interesting <laughs> i like it <laughs> all right i am uh, bradley conrad i'm an associate professor in the education department i do a lot of things teaching writing researching and before i came here uh, I was a high school teacher and had all kinds of jobs in education in the public school system, mostly Title I schools, which means that there's uh, 50% or more free and reduced lunch um, out in Denver, Colorado. And I moved here from there. Nice. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Dr. Jennifer Faison Hodge, and this is my 21st year here at Capitol in the education department, and I am the director for clinical partnerships. So basically what that means is I oversee all of our partnerships, all of our placements, oh. anything and schools love going out to schools, seeing what's going on with our students. And um, you're the hands yeah. and the feet. So sometimes I kind of call myself the educational popo for our department. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that much in, the, in the lower third yeah, for your maybe title. I should say can, that. We, can we do that? Educational but... popo. No, yeah. no, I just, or, or some, the fixer, I don't know, whatever yeah. we yeah. prefer. I fix lots of situations. That's with, fantastic. Whenever there's a problem, I'm a problem solver. So that's yeah. what I do. They call Dr. Jen. If you have a problem, yo, you'll solve it. I can, I can solve it or find out who can solve it in education. So it's, it's pretty neat. That's it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about education and what is, and what that looks like as an area of study at Capital University. Capital University is going to bring a unique aspect to it. I did a little bit of research uh, in terms of education. Uh, as a career path and what that looks like. We've been looking at different career paths and different areas of study at Capital University and what those typical jobs are outside. So with education, of course, it's usually teacher. And we looked at those trends of in the next 10 to 20 years, what is the demand for teachers? And so there's a uh, normal average rate of like 7% uh, increase in, in mm -hmm. jobs that are, you know, doing well. And it seems like teachers are anywhere from eight to 10 to 11%. I mean, there is a, uh, a shortage and um, people are, are trying to figure out better ways, better practices of teaching and, uh, and also more people to teach. So um, let's talk a little bit about Capital University and what that looks like uh, getting into that area of study here. Um, well, I'll jump in. Um, so, Capital's a, it's a unique place. And um, we get you, we hit the ground running pretty early. So we are recently, there was a last um, five, six years ago, four years ago, I don't remember which, there was a st story in the Columbus Dispatch about um, field hours. And field hours means um, you're actually in schools. 
And in the state, we Capital University was had the most field hours by over a hundred hours. Over a hundred hours. Over a hundred hours. And this article was how many years I ago? I want to say five years ago. I can't remember exactly, but that's we were like, right. "Whoa!" So we started, you know, sharing that pretty openly with potential students because that's a. Re- I didn't realize that that's that huge. was a unique feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and the purpose of that is many. One is you learn a lot about how to be a teacher by doing it. So you learn the theory. We teach all the theory, mm-hmm. but, but there's, but that theory doesn't mean anything if you can't actually apply it. So we try to re we call it the praxis approach. So we're very art, uh, intentional about teaching the theory and then, all right, let's apply it in practice or look for it in practice and analyze it. So, so we get them out in the field to do a lot of these things. And right away, the students are in schools that helps them determine, you know, there's some students that they think they want to be a teacher and then they get into a school and they say, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah, I think that's huge. It's a catalyst. I actually had a little bit of experience teaching right out of school. And even though I I really loved the experience of teaching and I loved imparting knowledge, I just realized that that dynamic of, you know, students that do well, students that don't do well and don't care, I couldn't handle the emotional burden. I was like, everybody needs to learn. And and I realized it wasn't for me. Uh, And, uh, you know, I did not return to teaching. So to get that catalyst, that experience as quickly as possible in your education in terms of finding out if you want to be a teacher or not, I think is huge. Yeah, it it is. I mean, And, and, And what you're talking about is more of a, it's almost a disposition Okay. And in terms of attitude and understanding how to manage right. a classroom situation and environment. And I think that's why our program is so powerful because we have a professor who's out in the school with the students early on. That disposition, the attitude that we see how you're responding to a certain situation. So it's more than just the the we're giving them the cognitive aspect, the theory, mm-hmm. we're giving them skills, but there's also that affective piece. And I think that's one of the really great things about our department and the faculty we have, because we have those conversations about our students, our placements, yeah. and being in Columbus is great. Yeah. And so we have over 16 different districts just in Franklin County we work with and externally. So when you look at the different districts, they're all very different. Schools within a district, very different. And so we may have a particular school we work with in an intensive partnership. So we know the school, they're expecting our students, they know what we're actually trying to um, do with our students in those areas. We have certain classes that are only in certain schools. So the entire class, for example, we have a phonics class that's taught in an elementary school in Whitehall. So we actually have a room that's called the cap room, purple, all the nice purple power things in the room. And they've actually designated a room for us in their building, one of their buildings. And we teach a third of our class there for phonics. So and it's beginning of the year. We're there. We have constant communication with the teachers. So we've really developed a nice partnership with some schools. Yeah, and I mean, in in some cases, it actually has gotten those partnerships have grown so much so that um, we alter our curriculum to sort of fit their needs, and they'll do different things to sort of fit what we're trying to do. And it's a it's partnerships get done a lot in education where they say we're you know a university say we're partners with this school or this district. Um, but oftentimes, there's like you see an archetypal model mm-hmm. that's that really that model is here's what I need from you. The university saying here's what I need from you, or the district saying, well, you need to do this for us. Versus like an actual like, hey, let's see how we can help each other. Feedback kind of and yeah. saying, hey, this is really important. That's really interesting. We need to incorporate that so that we're yeah. giving you what you need. That's really great. It's powerful. Now, Nicole, 
I want you to jump in here as a student. You know, I believe them. All right. They look like believable (laughs) people. Uh, But, you know, are you seeing that in what you're studying, like boots on the ground? Yes. And I've done field experience for both of them (laughs) as a student. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, I've my um, certification will be grades seven through 12. So I would rather teach, you know, in a high school. Um, But I've done field experience at K Avenue, which is with kindergartners and first graders, Mm -hmm. which is not what I was really going for. But having that experience was really helpful Mm -hmm. for me just in terms of like classroom management and working with kids one on one and learning how to build relationships with students over a period of time. And then when I did go to a high school for my field experience, I felt so comfortable there. Like I knew (laughs) I knew what to do having like that foundation. And that was my first year was having field experience. You felt comfortable in your first year. Yeah. That's <laughs> I'm sorry. That's saying something. Yes. I, I mean, I want to believe you. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I felt really prepared when I was going um, into schools, especially, you know, I'm not the only student that's there. So having my peers there as well, True. Yeah. working with each other. And we talk outside of class about, Oh my gosh, listen to what happened to me today. Like, what do you think that I should do? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely like a whole classroom type of thing where we discuss what's going on. We discuss what we should be doing. Right. So I never feel like I'm walking to a classroom and I don't know what to do or what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now we talked before the show started about how you actually have experience or actually a unique insight into other schools and yes. their viewpoint on in field it's it's field hours am i saying that correctly yeah field hours yeah field experience yeah. hours yeah mm-hmm. so um actually my brother is an education major at another school and okay. his field experience was so different than mine um he would do like after school tutoring which is great and i know that's part of our field experience as well but he hasn't been in a classroom um and he's a senior so the difference is probably classroom size right yeah, he, oh, yeah. yeah, his his field experience, I think, was doing um, tutoring at a library after school. Yeah. And then he did. I know he did have field experience in a classroom. Um, but I know that I've already had just about <laughs> as many hours as he had. And I'm a sophomore and he's a senior. So there's definitely a difference there. Um, you know, Capital is a small school, but it's very personalized. Right. And so you get a lot out of it. There's a lot, there's so many opportunities for students to have those experiences. That's great. I, I feel like you guys, and I'm probably going to be corrected. This is probably going to be cut out. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds like the experience is very like baby bird-ish, like where you're like, yeah. go, go experience <laughs> it like now. Yeah. But you guys actually go there. It's very reassuring you know, to hear that you're there. <laughs> like, and we, we structure it that way. Yeah. Well, I always use the... Um, the metaphor are so I'm going to get a little nerdy real quick. Yeah. So there's this idea from Lev Vygotsky called zones of proximal development. Okay. So what this means is this, I use this <laughs> metaphor all the time. It's, it's this idea that like where you start, you need, you are completely dependent on someone to help you. Mm-hmm. And on this end, you are completely independent right. and our, and a really good teacher will help scaffold you in, in little um, increments to no longer. We always say, I always say we're working ourselves out of a job. Um, I want you to not need me anymore as much as I love being needed. And I do, um, I don't, it's nice, but I don't, I don't need it. I get it. I get it. But anyway, so, so it's like we, we, 
when you're first teaching that when we first teach them how to swim, we get in the water with them and they're holding on to us, right? right. And then and then we go, all right, well, how about I'll stay in the water with you, but let me hold your hand. And then right. slowly, it's like, all right, I'm going to sit on the side here and, and and you go swimming, and and eventually you're not in the pool anymore and they're swimming and they don't need you. So that's right. kind of how we think. I think a lot of us think about our field experiences and how we sequence that. We were real intentional about that. That's great. That's fantastic. And then we also have because we're in Columbus different um, environments in terms of urban, suburban, and even some rural settings. So they get an experience in all those areas as well. And then we have different populations in terms of religion. It's just really a nice mix here in Columbus. We even have, we work with um, School for the Blind, School for the Deaf. And we have some, I mean, I personally have some connections there. So there's some opportunities for students to even just, even if it's just visiting for field trips that some schools may not have because we have some connections yeah. in those areas. And and a lot of our faculty have been on um, different committees and boards. And so we have some insight into the very hands-on. So it's not just the, you know, publish or perish. It's it's holistic in nature. And that's the great thing about capital in our program. It's, yeah. it's the teaching, the research, and the service. And we can do all of that within our classroom room with our students and we bring them along with that, yeah. that action research kind of thing. So I think I already know the answer, uh, but how does this all interpret to how capital is seen when someone graduates uh, as a student from Capital University? How are they seen in the education world? Well, so I'm from the Midwest and I'm taught to be humble, but I'm not going to be on this one. Um, <laughs> we, we, we work with, well, and, and there's a lot of layers to this, but we work with all kinds of people that are at the district level, principals, teachers, um, we meet with them regularly. Like we, they're on an advisory committee, they call it. They come in and they, I do an administrator night for our student teachers where they come in, administrators from all around the area come and they talk to our students. And we ask them, like, how are, are people doing? We get feedback in other, other areas, data from other areas. Yeah. Um, what we're, we are extremely highly regarded. Cap, capitals, they, I hear often, your teachers are different. Which is really kind of cool, and I, I kind of, I will unpack that. What's that mean? Well, it's not. They, it's they. They know. They. They know what they're doing. It's like they. They can talk the talk, but then they walk the walk, and they care about kids first and foremost, which is what we stand for. Yeah. Um. And they. They hire our people. Um. I. I. When I was in Denver, we used to hire people. I'm on a bunch of committees, and we get all kinds of resumes in. And we had two piles. We had one pile, based off of kind of what their school. <laughs> They went to, you got to know their reputation. You go, oh, we'll, we'll put them in the, we'll, maybe we'll look at them later pile. The maybe pile. The maybe pile. And then you had the, oh yeah, we need to take a look at this one pile. And right now we're in the, oh yeah, we want to take a look at this one pile and we want to stay there. Um, right. We take a lot of pride in that because, you know, I think I speak for a lot of us that, that like we got, I got into, I was a high school teacher and I got into this to make an even bigger impact than I was making. And I made a huge impact as a, any high school teacher does. It's not an arrogant statement at all. Um, but I start to think about, I actually, last, last semester, I had them do the math on how many students you'll affect if you teach for 30 years. And they run the numbers. It's an astounding number. And just to think that we have a small piece of every one of the students that they'll touch is humbling and amazing all at the same time. So we all take that pretty seriously. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> if we continue the nerdism, you know. That's Use great. their superpower well. So yes. <laughs> uh, in hearing that, Nicole, how do you feel about being, you know, a part of that, you know, good stack? Well, that definitely <laughs> makes me more confident going into <laughs> interviews and that kind of stuff in the next coming years. Um, I mean, 
I'm from the Columbus area. And okay. so I've had several teachers that went through Capitals education program and then stayed in Columbus and found jobs. And then they were my teacher, which wow. she probably had some of them in your classes, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's an, another part of the field experiences. I'm already making connections right. with, you know, school administrators and teachers. I'm still in contact with one of the teachers that I did my field experience with last semester. Man. Um, so it's really helpful to just already know people or walk into a building and you know someone there. Um, especially when you're, you know, wanting a job. It's <laughs> all about who you know and yeah. if you're doing it now. Uh there is, you know, jokes on uh, you know, meme or Reddit pages, you know, where they talk about job applications and how, you know, employers will be like, I need you to have, you know, 10 years of experience or five years of experience and everything. And people joke about, you know, little kids in hard hats, like, you know, you'd have to be <laughs> a job experience from that age. But it sounds like, you know, with this, they, the experience is mm -hmm. way above par. Yeah. Uh, to such a degree mm -hmm. that you can't help but be noticed right. uh, for that. Yeah, and the field experience was also very helpful to me. I came into Capital undeclared. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know if I wanted to be a teacher or not, and I thought I wanted to Valid be... Valid point. I thought I wanted <laughs> to be a social worker. Okay. Um, and I took Intro to Social Work and Intro to Education, and then after that Intro to Education class with uh, Dr. Olga Shonya. Okay. We just did so many things outside of the classroom, even though it wasn't a field experience mm -hmm. class. I was still going to board meetings. Right. I, was ha I was doing interviews with teachers. Um, there were just a lot of different activities that made me realize that I wanted to be in the education program here because it's so involved. And I knew That's that... Awesome. You know, after those experiences, I did want to be a teacher, which is something unique to Capital. I, you know, you get started right away. That was my first semester freshman year. <laughs> Just like rubber meets the road like that fast. That's so great. <laughs> I want to ask you, because uh, we've been hearing this a lot with students that come in and either change majors or realize this and that. Uh, speak to... 18 year old yourself or you know, <laughs> incoming student, what do you need to know when you're thinking about education, thinking about, you know, choosing capital for education or, you know, just talk to yourself, you know, okay. I yeah. think for me, I wish that I would have thought a little bit more about what I like to do. <laughs> like what subjects do I like? Okay. You know, I love English. I love writing and I can teach that, okay. which was great Yeah, um, because I had also thought about maybe being a literature major. Got it. I had thought about, so I had, I had a lot of ideas yeah. about what I could do. Um, so I'm glad that I took the chance with just taking an intro class Got and, it. and just feeling it out. So I'm not, I, I don't regret coming in undeclared. There's nothing wrong with coming in undeclared. That's huge. But you definitely should maybe take a chance your first semester with a few classes, even if it doesn't count towards anything. You know, like I took some classes my first semester here that they're just electives now. They bowling. Don't... You took bowling. <laughs> I took I took some classes that didn't <laughs> don't count for anything now. But it's fine because I did find something that I really like. Right. Um, I think some people end up putting themselves in a corner and they don't give themselves an opportunity to you know, feel things out. 
Um, and even within the education department, a lot of friends that I've made just through classes have changed, you know, what they want to teach or right. they've changed from, um, I have one friend who he was, um, adolescent, young adult science and now he's IS. So he's intervention specialist now. Oh, wow. And he didn't realize that until Dr. Jen's class. And then he, oh, no, that you didn't. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And then he decided, you know, I actually really like, I like this. I want to work on this. And so he changed his major. So you're saying take that chance. Yeah. Go yeah. above and beyond, you know, past your level of comfort because you don't know. And that's what we've been hearing all over. Yeah. The cap chat. There's is, a lot of pressure when you're coming in to have it figured out and have this four year plan mm -hmm. and, you know, know what classes you're going to take, know exactly what you're going to do, what kind of job you're going to have. And that's really hard. By the like, time you're 18. Come yeah. on, let's go. You should know it all. You should yeah. know everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm I'm happy that I ended up on the route that I did instead of deciding, nope, I'm social work. Right. You know, I gave it a chance. Yeah, give it a chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, speaking of that question, Mimi, it kind of went back in my mind as she was talking. It's free advice. I, I remember... When I, speaking, to, I wish I could speak to eighteen-year-old me, because I remember. <laughs> I, was, well, I remember speak to eighteen. Yeah, I, well, I could, yeah, I need like, a flux capacitor yeah, um, <laughs> and a DeLorean. But other than that, yeah. Um, but I remember a DeLorean is for our listeners. No, I'm kidding. We're not. Yeah, that's a Gen that. X reference. Sorry. Um, the um, so I remember I was I was in New York City sitting in my little cubicle in my advertising office, and after I had spaced out for about a half hour and forty minutes of surfing the internet. Um, I was trying to figure out like, what do I, I knew I didn't want to do that. I'm like, what do I want to do? So I was kind of going through that existential makeup, make, make up your mind, right. uh, where do you want to go? So I read this really interesting article. Mm -hmm. It said, make a list of all the things that you really, really enjoy doing. And then, and, and then identify the top five, six things and circle them and then make a job out of it. As many jobs as you can make out of it. Hmm. And I did. And one of the jobs I came up with was being a teacher. And I was like, <laughs> huh, maybe I should try that. Hello. Here wow. we are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good advice. I work with undeclared students, students who have, what are they called? Pop open students. <laughs> we got yes. there. There we go. Um, and that I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that very thing and help them get to find what they want to do. And, and I try to take the pressure off of you got to make up your mind for the rest of your life when you're 18, because that's just not realistic for it's, a lot of people. It's not realistic. It's yeah. Uh, and especially now, I think with education, we teach our students, we're preparing them to teach students for jobs that, and, and careers that don't even exist as right. an educator. And so it's really part of the creativity, part of being open minded. And, and um, it's really a neat job, I think, mm -hmm. when we think about where we're going and what's next. What's yeah. the next big thing that does not even exist in terms of career or stuff and, yeah. and having those students in your classroom. And so I think our teachers, our professors really model what that looks like, thinking outside the box and, and still, but still staying within understanding we have standardized testing and those kinds of things, right. but going beyond that as well. So, yeah, yeah. I, that reminds me, I actually watched a YouTube video like a few days ago and I was saying how um, in engineering, ev like everything that they learn in the first two years of their college career will be outdated by the time they graduate. Wow. So teaching mm -hmm. definitely is, um, I think people talk about it being like a science versus an art. And I think mm -hmm. it's definitely an art in the way that it's always changing. Mm -hmm. And even though there's curriculum and there's standardized tests, mm -hmm. 
you really do have to make your teaching style based around what is happening in the world and who your students are. I think uh, as far as higher education as a whole, it is adapting to a more adaptive generation. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be able to not just do a specific job, but a multitude of jobs mm -hmm. because you don't know if you're going to wear all those hats in one company or wear each individual hat mm -hmm. in a you know variety of different jobs. And as our jobs at higher education, we have to educate for those kinds of opportunities. Right. Exactly. So we're seeing a lot of that. One of the things in our program, we have something called intercultural student teaching. Intercultural, intercultural student, student teaching. teaching. So it's the only program like it in Ohio. State. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And so students can study abroad. They can actually go abroad <sighs> to student teach. I like to go so, abroad. So <laughs> you can do this. You want to come back? We have a post-degree licensure program. Uh, we have a lot of students who come back <laughs> to get their license. Maybe. Yes. But it's really a neat program. It's so we've program. we've had, I think, 16 different countries right now we have partnerships with. 16 different countries. Yes. Yeah. That our students New have. Zealand's the most popular. They love New Zealand. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Every time they go, they don't want to come back. I don't blame them. <laughs> Teach there. And, and the Stay newest there. partnership is with Ghana. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. with There's Ghana. also a student teaching opportunity on a Native American yes. reservation. Yes. Oh. reservation. Mm -hmm. I have student teaching coming up. <laughs> yes. Wow. I've thought about it. Oh, yeah. Down in the Four Corners it. area. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's yeah. exactly where it is. Yeah. So we have those opportunities for students. And we have students who volunteer, do tutoring in the juvenile detention center. Oh, wow. And help students. And it's been very successful in one of our classroom, one of the class courses we have. So we have different, we try to expose our students to different types of individuals and yeah. and parts of the country. And yeah. so well, it's, it's that kind of program. And there's other ways to get involved um, with self we're doing. So all, m many of us are researching and writing and doing different projects. And, and there's a lot of different ways to get involved in education beyond even just teaching. Hmm. So like I, I lead this group called the Tales from a Classroom Group. Nicole works on it. Oh, yeah. And it's an opportunity for advocacy. They, we, we have a blog. Students are involved with that. Um, Nicole's working on a podcast right now. Um, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get it started. We've recorded one. We're in you got to take that step. Baby I know. Steps. Baby steps. I know. Yeah. This it's is, the uh, editing that gets me. I don't know how to edit. Don't look at me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we have the Reading Center the here. The Reading Center. The Reading yeah. Center is over 40 years old here at Capitol. And we have year-round really? tutoring, one-on-one -on -one tutoring. And it's, again, in conjunction with a class. Mm -hmm. And we don't even advertise. I can't tell you how many calls we get about tutoring. And oh. and so it's we have to kind of put parameters in terms of who we can accept. You're and just that good. So I get emails just, you know? at least Take 10 once a off, week guys. from... People outside of Capitol and then the education department sends them to the students like, hey, we have a student. Uh, we have a, a mom who called about her son who really wants a student in the Capitol mm -hmm. education program. Can you tutor them? We'll give you mm -hmm. their contact information. I get yeah. those emails all the time. Yes. For people outside of Capitol looking for education students here to tutor. Man. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. And then we're, that's part of the respect we have in a community that if they're a CAP student, they feel they comfortable. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. <laughs> just, <laughs> just brush off your shoulder a little bit. <laughs> it's capital we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and your passion and the work that you guys are doing. Uh, I mean, obviously it's needed uh, and it's making an impact. So keep it up. 
I feel better. I sleep better at night knowing you guys are doing <laughs> speaking of superheroes. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.